0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomast. We're on episode 185. Uh, We actually had to skip last week because pretty much everyone was unavailable. We normally only do 51 episodes a year. It's usually the one after Christmas we skip, but uh, we're going to make our our one freebie this last week here. So we will have uh, a show every week on our usual cadence until the end of the year, but uh, we're glad to be back. We've got some good topics here, so let's get started at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. Give us your introduction, man.
1: I am Soraya Zell, and I managed to scarf down all of the food I was going to eat during the show before we started. So, I will not be eating during the show today, solely because I already accomplished it.
0: So you forgot that we started an hour early, right?
1: Um, I wasn't sure. (laughs) One week off, man, and I lose all track.
2: It only takes 184 episodes to learn that. (laughs)
0: All right, Jay, you're up, man.
2: Yeah, my name's Jay. I'm also one of the uh, hosts here on Biomast. And uh, the only thing I can muster for 185 is that's the, uh, that's Interstate 185 that runs from Fort Benning, Georgia, all the way up through uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and beyond up towards into North Carolina, which I've driven many, 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 many times uh, in the, in the past. All right. Sounds good. And bait.
0: What's up, everybody?
3: My name is Bate. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Had some stuff to deal with, but uh, I think I'm back and ready to ready to get back into it.
0: All right, sounds good man, and I'm uh, Bogie Draven, I help host the show here, another purveyor of the biomass media empire, and uh, excited to be back, it was kind of weird missing a week but, uh, you know, it's good to be here, Uh, Livy could not join us unfortunately, but uh, there are a few things that I'll discuss regarding kind of what her and I do on the uh, YouTube side of things, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but let's get started here with some of our kind of movies and stuff going on, so Avengers, Infinity War, you guys see that trailer? Looks pretty badass. It was it was pretty exciting. That came out actually a little over a week ago, I think. Um, what'd you guys think of? Uh, I think probably the, the the big one was kind of how they showed off Thanos and in, in that sort of thing. What'd you guys think
2: of that?
1: He's missing his hat
0: and the glowing eyes. Someone pointed out that he looks weird without glowing eyes. I think that's I, kind of what threw me off.
2: I think if, uh, you know this. I hadn't thought about that until you just said the eye thing, but. Uh... If he had the, kind of the menacing glowing eye thingy, it would have stopped probably at least some of the internet memes that immediately followed the release of that trailer.
1: I, I, I absolutely loved hashtag Give Thanos a Hat. <laughs> I didn't catch that one. That's pretty funny.
2: I like the one where they turned him into a minion. <laughs>
0: okay, 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 I got to Google that now. <laughs> now,
2: now. Now that being said, I, I generally I thought the trailer was... it. it there was no... No shockers there. Uh, the trailer was pretty good. Kind of a lot of the, there were some neat neat moments in there. I think the uh, the human version of Vision was kind of cool. Uh, definitely a a call call back into uh, the uh, the comics where Vision and Scarlet Witch get married. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go quite that far, but you definitely see like a like a romantic moment. I think. Uh, also, shocker! Uh, it looks like uh, the Infinity Stone in his head will get ripped out. Happens. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, it, it looked pretty good. Uh, I thought I thought it was generally well done, pretty solid, like most Marvel movies. There was nothing glaring in there that I caught that, was, that, that really kind of was – I was like, hmm, what was that? Now, that being said, I do think they showed – I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they showed too much plot, but like – most movies do not most movie trailers do nowadays they they could i think if they would go a little bit more towards not showing some things they would be better off
0: yeah that's pretty fair i i think they tend to go for the let's put the most epic moments into the trailer to make it you know build the hype but the epic moments are usually the ones that are you know most critical to what's actually going on so i, I kind of got that feeling as well which is a shame but like you said it happens so often now i'm not entirely shocked
2: well, the other thing is, there's a trend of a lot of the stuff going into trailers is doesn't actually make its way into the into the final cut. You know, I, I've noticed that with quite yeah. a few. Like the the two the two that really stand on my mind was Justice League. There was quite a few little moments in there that, that didn't quite make it in into the final. But believe it or not, I think the biggest one was Rogue One. There was a ton of shit in the trailers of Rogue One. If you go back and look at those, that absolutely were not in the movie at all. But I, I mean. Ended up, ended up being okay yeah pretty good stuff what'd you think of it bait
3: uh i don't know I, I was sitting here watching it again because the last time i saw it was when it when it dropped on the 29th so it was a while ago and i it's a marvel trailer it's a it, it's a very well put together trailer and it looks really good and blah 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 everybody and their mother is gonna go see it i'm i really am just burnt out um of the whole damn thing um but you know i'm sure the movie will be fine um a couple of things i guess that kind of stood out to me i like the new spider-man suit uh that they yeah. showed off
0: it's it pretty legit it's really good yeah
3: yeah it looks um i don't know if i had to guess i guess it's tony stark is going to give uh peter parker some kind of some kind of thing or whatever and he'll be like oh it's a spider suit um i think the the little um the Iron Man glowy thing that Tony Stark wears is back on his chest. Because didn't he take it out in one of the movies? He did. Okay, yeah. So that's back on him. That that uh, caught that my that caught my. I can't talk today. Um, yeah, I think that was a that's about it. Who was the guy though? I, I couldn't couldn't tell who he was um, with the beard that they made a, that they made kind of a a point to show, I think he, like, caught a spear or something in the trailer and then stepped out, out of the shadows
0: or whatever. Who was that? What's the timestamp? Oh. You talk-
2: you're not talking about the spear that they throw at Captain America, right?
0: Is that who that was?
2: Yeah, that's Chris okay. Evans. So Chris Evans, so uh, what it looks like they're doing is there was a, a period in the comics where Steve Rogers became a character called Nomad, where he wore basically a black Captain America outfit oh. with no stars and stripes type stuff on it is he was sort of like uh, struggling with like, Hey, I don't like some of the stuff the government is doing and this, that, and the other. And, uh, and they kind of disavowed him, not kind of unlike where he is now, but to- for totally different reasons. So the assumption is that he's basically, Playing the role of nomad, and they will probably name drop that. Like somebody's like, "What are you acting like a nomad now?" Or yeah, I guarantee there will be something like that in there. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, but but the 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 spear thrower though, I think was Proxima Midnight. That's one of Thanos's uh, like primary hench women, hench hench beings, if you will. Uh, so it could be could be kind of interesting. They they've apparently done that, done those pretty well from the reports I've seen. Is you know the little Thanos. Hit Squad, which you know, sort of the anti-avengers, if you will, they're they're supposed to be done pretty well. Oh, okay, right on.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's uh it's a, like I said, it's a pretty solid trailer. A little spoilery, probably, but uh, kind of gives you a, a feel for the scope of everything that's going on. And this is going to be a two-parter, I believe. So this is actually just the first film uh, coming out in May next year. So we still got a few more months to go on this one, but uh, I'm sure the the build-up will be pretty intense because this is kind of their keystone they've been working towards for. God, a, a long time, over a decade, probably at this point. I'm not even sure. Um, so it'll be good, hopefully. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And how many of
3: these are they doing? Are they doing three of them? I or think just the two.
2: it's just two. Two. I think the word kind of the, the rumble is that uh, by number two, you will have folks dead or transitioned on. They, they will. I think they're they're trying to set the conditions for whatever whatever the the thing that Marvel movies will be after Infinity Wars they're, i think they're trying to like power some things down and then transition to different different characters or open up different things is, is kind of the word and it makes a lot of sense i mean they've been knocking these things out for shit you know what 12, 10 years so yeah
0: something like that
2: so i think i think they're looking to transition them more to a slightly different way and I think you've slowly been seeing him do that with things like guardians and uh, and Thor Ragnarok actually
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay well, that's pretty good stuff so we'll we'll of course be covering that's kind of one of our main stables here but uh, yeah so let's go along here so <laughs> um this is one that I actually didn't spot um and Zell actually found it has anyone not seen the trailer for Alita battle battle Angel yet in the the notes if he's only clicked on it yet bait have you seen it?
3: Yeah, what is it?
0: Okay, so okay, this hey, is a, <laughs>
2: just, just, you know bait you asked Pokey about something. He gives you fucking real long answers on.
0: We'll <laughs> no, time I'm, I'm, on this one. I'm I'm not familiar with this original. It's a it's a pretty old one from back in the 90s. So this is well before I started watching anime. But this is meant to be a live action adaptation of an anime. Okay, fine. You know we've we saw Ghost in the Shell. It was pretty good. The thing is, is that when you adapt something that is in a medium where it's very stylized. I mean, as you've seen anything in the anime, you know it's stylized. Characters have, you know, weird proportions and big hair and giant eyes. When you do a live action adaptation, you don't typically copy the stylized proportions into the live action adaptation. You just kind of make them look similar and call it a day if you haven't seen this trailer yet the main character literally is like a cgi human like it looks like a person but it has anime sized eyes it's yeah oh my god i'm looking nightmares. at what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, it takes two seconds of the trailer weird. to understand what's going on here
1: and, and the weird thing is is she's the only character that's like that yes it's, that's it's, what
3: bothered me i was so just pissed hurt. off watching that it's like what the f- what the hell just make them all anime characters okay yeah that explains that explains why i had no idea why her eyes were the size of fucking jupiter (laughs) i was really confused throughout the whole damn thing and everybody else was normal
0: oh my gosh like like okay if they all of the androids in the show had giant eyes okay fine you can argue that that's like how they're built but it's just the one character that has eyes twice the size that they should be and it's terrifying like it I have no idea why they decided to do that. Like, it it seems so unnecessary.
1: You have to bear in mind that I'm pretty sure this is part of what he was waiting for. So uh, the necessary context here is this is a James Cameron film. And this is a James Cameron film that James Cameron has said that he wanted to do for the past, like, decade and a half. So, like, he was talking about working on this project since before (sighs) Avatar came out. And he said that he was waiting for the tech to get, good, to get like, it's the same thing with Avatar, where he's like, with Avatar, he was like, you know, they, they have to build all this new stuff, like the new Avatar movies. They basically took all the new 3D motion capture stuff they did for the first movie, and they're like, okay, now we need to make it work underwater. I mean. And, and so this is the same. This was like, they didn't have the tech to do this yet, and so that's what he was waiting on, is the ability to do I'm presumably this.
2: I'm I'm just. I'm. I'm sitting here. I'm. I'm sitting here. I'm watching this and I'm listening to you guys. I am amazed. Like that's some outlandish shit. It's like think about this. Avatar ain't cutting the mustard. Not. It's not enough. (laughs) James (laughs) Cameron is like, hey man, I'm twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I'm like doing secret (laughs) projects for the government. I've got spy satellites in the air. I've got like you know like you know, AI working on different, different things to figure out the latest blue screen, the appropriate color of blue, just to get the, like the absolute, uh, purest resolution on my HD makeup, you've made up world. He's like, it's not enough. It's just, it's not the like. Can you imagine like he's sitting there, he's just sitting, he's sitting around thinking he's probably got a glass of wine from probably one of his vineyards. that's now up in smoke in California. And he's like, I just, I'm just not feeling it. It's not there. <laughs> it's like who the it fuck? Meets, who the fuck are these people?
3: Meets anime girls. I want to know why it took fifteen years, right, to like copy and paste an anime character into the real world.
0: Oh my like,
3: God. how does technology? How,
0: I mean, if you wanted to argue, hey, he wanted the CGI to do like the cyborg limbs and stuff like that, because like those, those look fantastic. That I can understand. That was really good, but like, it
3: looked good.
1: Why was... eyes? Like, but I mean, like, why? That's sort of like pokey. cyborg limb stuff. That's easy. Like we've been able to do that for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, this is James Cameron I, we're talking about. I mean, about, so. when you it's think about it, real, like, though for him, right? But I mean, like <laughs> if you no think happens. about what's hard for has been traditionally very hard is doing like a really like real human look with cgi that's hard and, and, and so you presu- take that tech and you make giant <laughs> and then you right, it. you take the tech and then you ruin it that's how it works i, I don't know Ugh. this is this this is strange um but yeah. y- you know it's it's james cameron so you're gonna get what you're gonna get and, oh my and, god you know it could be worse it could be michael bay in terms of weird directors with weird hey. obsessions i'll take james cameron over michael bay any day oh
0: my gosh yeah. So if you if you haven't seen this if you have no interest in this at all just watch like the first five seconds like it's literally in the first five seconds you'll see what i'm talking about and you two will go anime was a mistake just delete the internet and call it a day because this is weird as shit <laughs> and i will not be watching this because it I'll just be freaked out the whole time by the main character's eyeballs. Like, I just, I can't. So that's Alita Battle Angel, the James Cameron, you know, mistake of the year. So that's coming out next year sometime. Um, Yeah, so you can follow that if you want, but uh, it looks terrifying.
3: Are we going to take bets to see if they bring up the eye thing in the movie? Uh,
0: You know, they probably will, but I don't care. It's too distracting (laughs) to enjoy the film. Like, just no, I can't. (laughs) All right, so moving along here, Uh, got a new trailer for, uh, well not new, I guess the first one for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so this is obviously the sequel to Jurassic World, which is kind of the sort of reboot, sort of sequel um, that came out a couple years ago. Kind of looks like it's just more of the same, I mean it's, you know, surprisingly, I'll spoil the first Jurassic World, um, the dinosaurs break out and everything goes to shit, Um, I know you're shocked by this. Uh, in so in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, they go back just like the other Jurassic uh, Park 2, you know, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's kind of more of the same from the looks of it. I mean, what would you guys think?
1: It's a movie. It has Chris Pratt yeah. in I'll if go see it. That's kind of it. Yeah. Probably. Um, I think I saw Jurassic World late, like on disc, eventually. Um, What'd you think of it? It was a movie. It yeah. was all right. It was okay. I, I mean... You know, he he's a good actor and his movies are decent, and uh, that's a decent enough reason to go there's But it's not like a standout, you know, great, amazing movie franchise to me. But then, like, I actually still have not actually like sat down and watched the first three. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. you haven't seen just just I no, Jurassic
3: Park, not really
1: not
3: Jurassic really. Park Two. I've
1: seen oh. clips, I've seen bits and pieces. So... I'm Tell fuck? we gotta
0: talk, buddy. <laughs> you, you gotta see at least the first Jurassic Park. The second and third ones aren't any canon, so forget it. But
3: wait, they're not. Gotta,
0: no, no, they're not. They like when they said <gasps> Jurassic World came out. They're like just oh. ignore the fact that two and three happened, and this is a direct sequel to the first one. Three was
3: stupid, but I at least liked two. They
0: they, they just retconned it out of existence. So don't worry about it. But so mm-hmm. at least see the first one. Like it's a classic. Come on, it's it, it wrong really with you. Is. But yeah, it was, you know, like like Zell said, it was the first one was a movie. It was entertaining. It wasn't anything that was going to, you know, blow your socks off. But it was, you know, worth the time. This will probably be the same. Chris Pratt's funny. He's Star-Lord with raptors. So, you know, there's that. But uh, new trailer. Looks decent enough, so you can go check it out. Okay, so this next one, I know nothing about, Zell. And you're the resident Trekkie, so I'm going to hand it off to you. So, Quentin Tarantino, Star Trek, <laughs> and just, What?
1: Yeah, so this is one of those things where, like, someone said there's a rumor that Quentin Tarantino wants to make a Star Trek movie, and then, like, a day later, it was Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie is going to be rated R, and then there was someone asked Patrick Stewart if he would want to be in Quentin Tarantino's R rated Star Trek movie. And Patrick Stewart said that he's always wanted to be to work with Quentin Tarantino and would probably want to be in said movie. And so, with no actual factual information whatsoever, the internet has basically assumed that Quentin Tarantino is now making an R rated Star Trek movie. When more than likely he told some random guy, Oh, that'd be kind of nice. I might do that someday.
3: Well, I mean, according to Business Insider, JJ Abrams is a producer.
1: I'm sure, so. I'm sure, but Business <laughs> Business Insider has a low bar to clear for fact, fact verification, so it's okay. Uh, but yeah, this is just really weird. Um, I mean, I guess you could see it because Star Trek Discovery, w- would you put it in a theater, would be rated R. Um, so presumably you would do something like that? But I I, I just don't know. I don't think any... E- I, I guess, you know, we've had more movies that have been rated R and large budget and successful in recent years. But I just don't, I don't know. I also don't like Quentin Tarantino, but that's me.
3: Don't you like about Quentin Tarantino? The movies
1: I've seen of his so far I haven't liked. I, I what actually, have you seen though? I had a couple more, I, I have a couple more to watch yet that I okay. literally picked up on sale because I'm like, You know what, I will watch these and add these to my list of reasons to judge Quentin Tarantino. He's literally got eight movies, I think, so. It's not a lot to watch. Well, I've seen like two and I own like three more. What have you seen,
3: though? That's the most important Um,
1: uh, I saw...
3: Better be Pulp Fiction.
1: No, I haven't seen it yet. I bought it. I bought it, though. I'm going to watch it, but I haven't seen it. How
3: have I seen Pulp Fiction and you haven't?
1: I don't know. What's wrong pulp with fiction, you? Pulp Fiction and Dinosaurs?
0: That's your your homework for this week.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Great.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that, that sounds very bizarre. Um, who the hell knows? It's one of those weird internet rumors that, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past where I've said there's no way in hell that they're doing that. And then sure enough, there's like an official announcement for it. So, you know, we'll have to see. But um, that is a very strange rumor. So another big one that popped up uh, that we have kind of touched on a couple times is Ready Player One. Got a new trailer drop. In bait, we were talking before the show. Is this the first time you've seen one of these trailers, or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so for those of you who are not familiar, that haven't, that haven't heard about this, so Ready Player One is um, a book. And help me out, Jay. When did the book come out? Ooh, uh, just ish. It was
2: maybe 15, 15 years okay. ago. Okay. Or okay. More. So it's,
0: Fairly older book, um, but it basically is the idea that humanity has expanded to a point where there's just no more space for people, and so you can't do anything. Like you, you exist, but there's nothing to do because everyone is just fill up every available space. So they go into a virtual reality world called the Oasis, and that's where you do things because you can, you know, do whatever you want in a virtual space. And so it's kind of was this massive dump of pop culture references, you know, back from the 80s and they've decided to make a movie on it but it's including all of that but up to modern day and actually the most recent trailer for it um involved literally like a tracer from overwatch like so it's that recent that they're coming up and just Pretty much anything from, like, the 80s up until this point, there's a chance you're going to see it. Like, I know that there was, like, an Iron Giant drop. There was the uh, motorcycle from Akira. There was a classic uh, mobile suit Gundam uh, thing that popped up. I think Deadpool appears in there. You know, Superman, Batman, that sort of thing. And the um, DeLorean, too, is in there from... Uh,
3: it, what's if what's you called?
2: If you have seen it in a movie... Like a, like a basically the type of movies we talk about, like it's probably in there or it's got it's got a, it's got odds are there it could be in there. But I can't figure out is how they got licensed to put all these goddamn things in there unless people are like, oh, this is going to use Spielberg movie. Yeah, I'm all about free advertising. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it could be like, you know, hey, we just want to use, like, you can license like just a very small section of an IP, like, we're not going to even, like, I'll use like Gundam, for example, we're not going to drop the Gundam name, we're not going to even really talk about, we just want to stick this one particular, you know, mobile suit into one scene, how much is that going to cost? Like, I'm sure it was still a grocery list of, you know, stuff that their legal team had to go in and make contracts for, but it... You know, it's just—it's insane the stuff they're going to have to do to get all of these IPs together.
2: Yeah, it—it looks—it looks good. I mean, it—it doesn't—it's—it's uh, it's pretty solid, along with the other trailers that that came out you know previously for um, you know for Ready Player One. It, it, you definitely get a little bit more feel of the world, so to speak, not just a big pop trailer like you got for the first ones. Um, and it looks like it's. At least thematically, pretty close to the book. I mean, I, you know, that's a, if you haven't read the book, it's a, it's a fairly easy read, but it's quite well done. It's, it's very well put together. And it, it strikes me that it will, the book will likely hold up very well uh, with today's audiences. I mean, there's, there's kind of some contrivances you make, you know, with like a virtual world and stuff like that. And, you know, but because it's basically a period piece, it's set around, um, the designer of the world he picked a specific window that he was focused on where all these easter eggs are these very you know, these sort of uber loot boxes so to speak inside his virtual world that everybody's fighting to find it it'll hold up really well because but what i think they did is a smart thing is they actually started calling forward more recent things beyond what what happened just around the book and it'll actually provide better context for it so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It was a great book. I'm I'm like I said very excited to see uh, kind of if they do this justice so to speak.
0: Yeah, I hope they do a good job with it because I mean I think that the context of of the film and you know particularly like the VR side of it it fits if there's a time to do it, this is the era, like, our where we are our culture is, like, this is the time to do it. Like, it's very, very relevant in terms of, you know, <laughs> you know, internet memes and in VR and that sort of thing, um, references and that sort of, it's just, it's it's a really good time for this movie to come out. I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. I think it's going to do quite well because it's going to appeal to a huge range of people because if you were pretty much born in the last 30 years, you're going to probably spot something in there that you're that you've, you know, you grew up with at some point, some reference, some character, whatever. Um, and I think that'll give it a lot of really wide audience that people are going to enjoy. So, you know, it's going to be good. I, I really hope so.
3: The book came out in 2011. for Really? No.
2: Nope. Yeah. No, it didn't. Are you sure it's not um, a republish? Yeah. Print? Looking at Wikipedia?
1: Yeah, it's a 2011 science fiction novel. So, yeah. There's really no good. way. I, I confirm... I confirm bait. 15
3: years ago? Made
1: me feel no, old. Two, 2011 is not 15 years ago. There is no way. That's that's six years ago, babe. It's written by Ernest Klein, right? Yeah.
0: Did he die before then? Is he still alive? No. It, er,
1: Ernest Klein was born in 1972. Mm. And he's currently age
2: 45. No, well, I guess he's alive. Okay. I oh. swear to God, I read that like years ago. Well, I guess it is years ago. What am I thinking? Uh dang. okay, maybe I'm okay, well, out, but I absolutely thought that that thing had been out way long time ago. Okay,
0: well, is what it is, but uh yeah, I need to pick that one up and actually give it give it a read because I don't <laughs> I'm always I'm always wary of reading ahead of time, but for this one, I think it'd be interesting to kind of get my head around the whole thing um, even if the movie differs a bit, but uh, should be good. So moving along here into some gaming news. Uh, EVE Valkyrie, uh, they, they had talked about a December update, that when all of that news came out with CCP Games is restructuring, people were kind of concerned if you know support would continue for the game. Uh, and they did kind of insist that, yes, we are continuing to work on it. The December update is going to come out. Um, still no word on what's going to continue on for the fate of EVE Valkyrie, but uh, the update is going to come out. It's... Uh, this Tuesday, actually, so December 12th is when it's going to be dropping. Um, there's a number of small things, but I think probably one of the bigger ones is that the game will now support the Toby eye tracking hardware. And uh, help me out with this, if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's a device that sits on top of like your computer monitor, and it basically is a couple cameras that is scanning where your eyes are looking. And then it you know takes that input and puts it into the game and actually can manipulate things in the game. So in this case, um, what it will do is that you can well to backtrack when you play the game in vr and you tilt your head up your character's head looks up and you can see you know the top of your cockpit instead of what's directly in front of you and that's how you aim your lock-on crosshairs for your missiles And so a big part of the game was you just look where you want to shoot your missiles and they would fire it. So your guns would shoot forward, but your missiles would shoot where you were looking. And it was kind of a big feature of of the game. And that's why the VR was kind of important because it was an integral part of how you played the game. Um, When they moved to allow people to play without that feature, they had to change some controls around so you could do it without the VR, but you could still make it work. Uh, so what the Toby eye tracking hardware is for is that if you want, you don't have a VR headset, but you still want to play with that functionality, is that it will track where your eyes are looking on the screen and kind of allow you to rotate your character's head based off of where you're looking. So you can kind of like look to the side of the screen and the tracking crosshair will go that way instead and allow you to have that functionality, that kind of hands-free functionality um, without the need for a VR headset. So, um, kind of interesting stuff um that's kind of the major part of it oh, sorry go ahead
1: i like how you said help me out zell and then you continued to talk for four minutes you inter- <laughs> you without, me. A, without a single break in your in your monologue you're, you're to allow me so... to input um yes the to- <laughs> you can get a standalone toby that is will sit on a monitor Actually, a friend of mine actually has a laptop with uh, Toby built into the laptop, like right, right, uh, right by the hinge. So there, there are actually major OEM laptops that you can buy with this eye tracking hardware built in. That's badass. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I, I looked it up. It's about a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks for like a standalone unit, but there are gaming laptops that come with it built in.
2: So just I got it kind of begs a question. What's the what, what what is the future of E. Valkyrie? I thought that was dead as disco. Is that is that are they is that CCP? Um, it's weird. Valkyrie.
1: They have stated that their Valkyrie will be continued in development. They've stated they're going to sell the Newcastle studio, which Valkyrie was made at, but they haven't really specified like will Valkyrie continue to be a CCP title maintained by a third party? Will Valkyrie continue to be a CCP title, maybe maintained by either Iceland or uh, the London office, which is also a small CCP office? Or will Valkyrie stop being a CCP title and be taken over by whoever buys Newcastle? It sounded like they knew who was buying it already. They said they were working with a company. Uh, to sell the Newcastle office, or or to uh, transfer the Newcastle office. Um, but they haven't been super clear on what that means. They've just said that they're they are continuing support of Valkyrie. They just haven't told us how. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I mean I, that's that sounds kind of fair. Like I said, I remember when they started divesting a lot of these things. It it was, uh, I think Valkyrie had just really, you know, they were announced a big expansion or or an update, some of which you guys are talking about. And then subsequently, like very shortly after that was the, yep, hey, mm-hmm. no takesies back. we're out of the VR business thing. So it was kind of, it's it's a little odd. I just wasn't sure what their, you know, kind of what their end game was. Now, and that being said, I mean, that's, as far as I can tell, you know, I'm certainly not a, I'm certainly not a Zelle, That That is the most well, you know, well-developed and supported, you know, VR, you know, sort of, you know, uh, Native VR game that's out there that I, I mean, that I'm aware of. There's there's a lot of other ones that, that talk about adapting it or using it or, you know, some like lower key stuff. But that's certainly the the most well produced one uh, and well maintained one that I'm aware of
0: yeah that that's probably true and that's why they got a lot of uh, you know launch exclusive deals with a lot of the uh, headsets when they came out. Like I think that in I think that all of the games, if you pre-ordered the headset for like the Vive or the, the oculus Rift, it came with a copy of Valkyrie. like that was part of the bundle is that the game would be free if you pre-ordered the headset. That's kind of how they were trying to market it. So I think CCP probably got um, a lot of exclusive deals like that for the launch but yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they take it. Um, like Zell said, you know, they're, they're selling the Newcastle office. And I think a large reason why they, they backed off of the VR is that it, it isn't very easily sustainable because the, the VR market is so small. So I could see them maybe retreating with it a bit back and <laughs> potentially giving it the dust 514 treatment and, and you know, s- settling a few key people into the Iceland office to work on it. Um, and then potentially contract out third-party sources to kind of you know brute force it if they have to to, have to do bigger development ch- chunks. But they'll probably try to keep you know risk very low on it, keep it going. But I don't think you'll see massive updates. It'll probably be you know here's a map every once in a while that sort of thing um, moving forward because I don't, I don't think that right now the game sells enough, and maybe things about a change, You know with with the the Warzone update where it turned the non VR option on. Um, but if you know, depending on how sales go, they'll see if they can keep ongoing development or not. But it certainly wasn't sustainable when they had a, a VR exclusive. So uh be interesting to see. I, I I can only imagine they're going to have to move it somewhere if they're gonna develop it at all or even just to maintain it, because it would be weird if they just handed an E like literally eve valkyrie is the title they had an eve game to another company to work on at newcastle that would be strange i I don't see them doing that so uh you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it but right now i think the only thing they definitively said is we will release the december update and that was it so hopefully it keeps going i'd hate to see people you know get cut off kind of like the the dust five people did for a while there but uh We'll keep an eye on it and uh, let you guys know. Okay, so another story that we've been following for quite a while. and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two: um, ongoing issues with you know EA's uh, development and in how they handled a lot of the microtransactions and the progression in this game. And uh, I think Zell actually brought this one to us. So you said that that EA's main reason for why. They didn't offer something like cosmetics, like, say, Destiny 2 did for the microtransactions and instead opted for more of a pay-to-win model. Is that um, either they were unwilling or weren't allowed to by Disney to offer cosmetics that would change the visual appearance of the IP in a way. Like, they didn't have a white Darth Vader or a pink Darth Vader. Um,
2: yeah, they
1: literally use the pink Darth Vader as an example. No one wants to see a pink Darth Vader. That sounds
2: well, suspiciously like bullshit.
1: <laughs> a, mm-hmm. yeah, there are people who do, and B, no, like this is one of those things. Like, this is not a valid excuse. This is a thing you can come up with, but I mean, within the realm of things that fit character, I mean, like, like if you take like here's the storm, which is this, or or Overwatch, which are both. You know, skin monetized games. Um, you can see a lot of skins. Yeah, they they have their goofy off color ones, but a lot of them are just different modes of a character. You know, well, that character in different roles might have a different costume. There's a well, lot of things you can I mean, do with that.
2: If you would think of, if you can think of an IP that has infin- all, near infinite possibility for. Okay, Darth Vader. Let's try this one. What if you had Anakin as, as Darth Vader, like that would could be a skin you could have burnt and crispy Anakin sans, hel- you know, like, a, like a, no no, I mean, think, <laughs> no. think about it. you could have, you could have like a, uh, I know where you're going with that. You could have a, uh, you know, like a transitional, like when he was, you know, an earlier version of him, you know, with his, out of, without his helmet or without his mask. Hell, they have a Han Solo with a beard in it as one of the cosmetic options. That's total bullshit. And you could, you know how many different versions of Luke Skywalker are there like 12, 15, that you could easily come up with off the top of your head. You know, fighter pilot Luke, farm boy Luke, fucking, you know, stormtrooper Luke. Like you got Luke Skywalker Bestman, Luke Skywalker return of the Jedi, old old fat Luke Skywalker the beard, you know. What I mean, Jesus. I mean, that that's that's utter bullshit that they put that out there. That's them desperately trying to find something that they can do damage control. Yes, of course Disney is not going to let them say Let's have a Darth Vader that looks like a disco suit. That that is something that they do not do in their games. Fine, but that doesn't preclude you from having any number of other options. That sounds like absolute weak sauce and and frankly, I've I like cuz we pre-ordered it, we haven't even I haven't even cracked that thing open other than once just to see the opening load screen. That's it. I haven't I haven't tried a single thing on that game since the first week it came out.
1: I I keep telling people and people keep not listening. Stop pre-ordering games. Just don't.
2: Well, yeah, I mean that, that is that is true. It, on the times that when it when it does go out, when it does come out, well, it comes out real well. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And I, I if it until that that game came out, I would have bet pretty well that they were going to do a solid job on the game. And truth be told, here's the unfortunate thing: what nobody's talking about, the game itself ain't bad, N- not at all. I mean, it, it is, it is, you know, a kind of on your, on rails FPS, but it's extremely well done. Like, like, like that is a product that if you were a, an actual game developer, like one of the people making the game, you could be proud of that, that what absolutely destroyed that game. And I, i I think they're at the point where they can't recover is this, you know, the monetization piece of it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm a star Wars I'm the biggest star Wars fan you're going to find. And I'm a, I'm a big video game guy. I'm also a guy with liquid cash that will that will spend money on stuff. I ain't spending a dime on that game. Even if they fixed a lot of shit, I'm not going to spend money on that game.
0: Well, and that's the part that amused me is because they, they're like, okay, we're going to... People were freaking out. They're on damage control. And they'll find the EA I said, okay, yeah, we're sorry. We screwed up. We're going to turn microtransactions off. It's done. And I was like, okay, that's actually... Uh, you know, a pretty appropriate response to all of this, and then they follow up with, "But they'll be back in the future." And I'm like, "Oh my God, you you guys really think that you can actually salvage this in any meaningful way that's going to allow you to put microtransactions back in this particular game?" I see "You're you're damn fools if you think anyone's going to accept anything you come up with for that." Well, but here's here,
2: here's the problem they've worked themselves into, because they didn't start with a um, you know effectively a, a, a cosmetic based system. And, like, if you look at the bonuses on some of that stuff, it is 100% you, you are gated. Uh, like, it doesn't matter how... how like, you, for example, you've got to be 40% better than me if I've got the right star cards that I've, through cash money or several years of gameplay, unlocked. Like, up to up to 40% advantage in damage, recharge rate, refra- you know, all those other things. D- these aren't, like... You know, Eve Online like bonuses of like two percent, three percent, five percent, that kind of shit. These are like big, big chunks of it of in-game advantage that you get. Uh, that that is not a sustainable system because I mean, here's what they here. Think about this. How are they going to fix this? Are they going to roll it back? Like, are they are they going to what would what would they do? Like, hey, come back and say, hey, yeah, I know that thing that you ended up paying a lot of money and time for. It's not really worth like you know, 30% increased movement speed and all this other shit that they've paid for and been using, we're going to like nerf that back to like 10%.
1: That can actually be a, uh, that can be a a customer. Um, you, people can go to all sorts of agencies for that, depending on your local, you know, your local laws.
2: Selling a product yeah, and no, then crippling it later correct.
1: is not a not a territory any company wants to get into.
2: Well, yeah. Well, that not only the fact the simple fact is they they will probably not see a favorable. Uh, I mean, the, the deck the deck will be stacked against them from a legal standpoint because there's a lot of concern generally over the loot box system anyway. Uh, so that's not going to help out it's Somewhat unrelated, but they they would be. I think that if from an EA standpoint, that'd be fraught with peril to try to go into a legal ball game. If they really did that, if they really, really nerfed it, but the, but now look, but that's the corner they have painted themselves into. So let's say they roll it back. It's still pay to win. Like even if they drop the costs, you know, dramatically and, and they've, they've totally changed the economy. It is fundamentally still pay to win, which I have not seen a major league hardcore game, nothing of the, Nothing like at the tier where we're talking about, you know, EA, large studio, Disney, huge, huge mega corporation. And then Star Wars, you know, probably number one IP in the world. I, like those three things together and you're giving me pay to win, there's no fucking way.
0: It, it's funny because I, I hear this argument um, a lot that they're like, oh, well, Overwatch is, you know, they're the ones that popularized loot boxes and it's their fault that the industry has gone this way. Um, and I, I kind of looked into it, and it's actually it's actually total bullshit, because Overwatch was definitely not the first game to do loot boxes, not even close. The first game that really dived into loot boxes, um, and specifically loot boxes that were absolutely pay-to-win, was the FIFA series, or any of the subsidiary games built around FIFA. They were the ones that really brought in where you could basically you could buy packs of cards, and the cards had players, and those players would have different stats, so you could buy you know, different card packs to get better players to do better, and you could be more competitive in the online, you know, competitive scene by buying these cards. Well, guess who makes the FIFA series? EA. They're the publisher. So if you're looking at someone to hate for pay-to-win loot boxes, EA's been doing this shit for years. It's just FIFA wasn't that that big of a title that people noticed. But when I did this shit out of Star Wars game, that's when it blew up, because everyone's looking at this, you know um so it's it's funny because the, the pay-to-win loot box like we're not talking like destiny cosmetics or Bungie cosmetics you know or um sorry uh overwatch i meant this is straight up pay to win and this is what ea's game has been the whole time so it's not surprising that they did this but it's just it's never been this blatant before
2: yeah Now i i think uh, anytime somebody brings overwatch in yeah I, blizzard generally does does monetization very well. I mean, they, they they do a lot well as a company and uh, you know, there's a small part of me that's like, if Disney just said, Hey, can you make a star Wars mode for overwatch? And we're going to license the shit out of some characters for you. Like you, can you imagine how well that would sell that would explode like that that that's the kind of the state they're in it really makes me wonder where ea is at in their relationship with disney yeah i mean we've kind of speculated on that but they've whiffed big here in the last year or so with disney or a couple three years with disney so you know like i said blizzard they do monetization great uh, and and frankly, the changes in Destiny uh, in terms of their monetization—it's still all cosmetic. There is there is literally nothing nothing going on in there that that changes gameplay at all. You're not getting exotics that you can only get for, you know through a paywall or any of that kind of jazz. You know they're they're pretty well crafted, high end, uh, you know, decorative items basically for the most part. Or you know, or the you know, hey, I want to buy or you know, I want to get an engram so I can get a cool shader, which you can generally get through gameplay anyway. So yeah, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out in in a little bit. So I think the next turn of the wheel is going to be when they, when they actually try to put money back into the game, because they're going to have to clear, they're going to have to clear all the star Wars, the last Jedi stuff. And I I think they want to, they got to get past that movie and then they got to probably give it a little bit of time. And then, Figure out some way that they can reintroduce monetization into that game.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real keen to see how they actually handle this because this is a absolute PR nightmare. And trying to, because they were expecting that income from those microtransactions, so they're desperate to get them back in one way or another. So, the interesting to see. I'm not sure if they have a well a path that's gonna.
2: I'm sitting here thinking, I read an article, I'm desperately trying to find it right now, where they were talking about exactly what you just said, like, hey, you know, they, the the need for microtransactions to sustain the development of, you know, of these games in general, but this one in particular, there was a, I, I might be having a brain fart, but I think there was a statement from EA that said something to the effect of whether the microtransactions are in or not, it doesn't actually hurt, it's not actually going to in Any significant way impact their um, like their profit or or like what 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 it costs them to put you know what they expect to get out of the game, um, which is interesting. So I'm yeah, I yeah
0: I, mean, I saw that same report. I'm I'm not entirely convinced it's true. If that was just lip service to the stockholders, but uh, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll of course probably be covering it because it's kind of been developing over the last few weeks here, and uh, it's interesting because I think it's going to actually. I think the effects of this will um, will feel it in how games monetize in the future because I think they're all a little terrified of what happened with EA in this game. I mean, I think EA will be fine. It's not going to put them under anything, but it's really made gamers extremely sensitive, and I think that they have to be very careful moving forward. So we'll Good. see. And,
1: they can yeah. use a little terror. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch on that in the future. So let's move on here. So... Uh, PlayStation Experience. It's kind of a uh, a little mini convention that PlayStation does. It's it's pretty big for them, but it's you know compared with E3, it's not quite the same. But uh, it was this weekend. Some good stuff. Um, I know that Bate actually mentioned one game in particular that I was also interested in, which is Death Stranding, which is a game by Hideo Kojima. Um, he started working on it after he moved to Sony. Uh, if you don't know the developer, he's the one who works in the Metal Gear Solid series. It's kind of his baby. But uh, unfortunately, the ip belongs to konami who he has parted ways with so he's working with sony on a new um i'm not sure if it's a new ip but certainly a new game and uh so babe what did you think of this trailer this is the third one that's come out and it's- holy
2: shit balls <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
3: so i didn't realize that 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 game I, I guess gameplay um was actually from the sony trade show i only saw them on the the fucking Game Awards. because oh, some Awards. Like, oh, my God. Game Awards. It's got Death Stranding. Right, cause hey. Normally, I, I wouldn't watch the, the... I think they're stupid. Um, it's not, not worth my time to watch the Game Awards, but uh, is the only reason I did was because I heard Death Stranding. Um, but anyway, going back to the, the actual game, what the fuck? That game is going to be like... I want to... Here's what I want to do. I want to acquire some stuff... Do some stuff and then play that game, because <laughs> I want to trip fucking balls I don't think we need stuff
0: for that, dude. I think it's gonna do it on its
3: own. <laughs> it's gonna make it so much better. No, but this game is crazy, dude. Like I'm sitting here watching it, like, oh, okay, that that's that's cool. Uh, you so, know, do you guys remember but...
2: the first trailer for that when it came out? I do. Yeah, I watched all three of weird? them. It was it was, it was yeah. even it was weirder, and I and I thought, well, this. This looks sort of like normalish, like at first, and then it just went, you know, (laughs) fucking crazy. Remind me that first trailer is the one where he's like, he's just naked. He's like laying, just naked, naked, right? Okay, he's like, he's like, and there's like a, it's like black oil or water all around him and yeah, it's like dead fish and whales around him and shit. Yeah. And and there's like a, there's like an infant baby that's like handprints on his chest. I I have no idea what the hell is going on. I, I, I like to think I'm, I'm a relatively, uh, relatively sharp guy. And I've, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of weird shit in my life, frankly, a lot of movies, read some, read some real books, lived through some funny shit, usually called Christmas. And I, have no idea what's going on in that thing, none at all. I, I remember the the first trailer, then the second one, which was just Mads Mikkelsen, which I and I, I, I think he was kind of a bad guy. Yeah, I have no idea. I have some thoughts on that given the third I, trailer. <laughs> I truly have no idea what the hell is going on with this thing.
0: Well, and that's the thing is that I have to say, um, just from a technical perspective. So the, when we say he, the main character, um, it's actually. Um, Crap! What's Norm, his name? Yeah, Norman Reedus. No, Norman, Norman Reedus, the guy from Walking Dead. They've recreated him like his likeness in CG, like really good. Oh, like, right, let's
2: now let's be real. They they definitely did him some favor because because so, it looks like we yeah, did a cycle of yeah. the to Jews too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so Norman Reedus, and then uh, like Jay said, Mad, Mads Mikkelsen was also in the second trailer. Um, and then uh, shit, there's another guy who was in the second other second trailer. Um, another famous actor or producer
2: sure it's,
0: yeah anyways um they do a really good job with that but uh yeah these these um these trailers are something else i haven't done it yet but fun fact if you didn't know if you play the first trailer and the second trailer side by side at the same start time they are connected whereas like you say he's got like the baby right in the first one and the baby disappears in the first trailer at that exact same timestamp. stamp in the second trailer the baby appears in the test tube with the other guy um and so i kind of want to grab you know, maybe the, the, the third trailer and put it side by side with the other trailers and see if they have some other weird connection like that. But um, it's very intentional from the looks of it because there's a lot of stuff that kind of carries between each one. So he's got a plan for whatever craziness is going on in these trailers. But uh, I sure as hell don't know what it is. But it looks interesting at the very least. And he I, kind of like, Jay- sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I'm just, I'm sitting here. I'm watching the trailer again while you're talking. And And the only thing I can get out of this is uh, one Norman regis is pregnant. Two, the, the like <laughs> when when the other scientist looking guy is lifting the in the air, he starts like stabbing himself in the stomach. I don't know, did you guys catch that?
0: Yes. Yeah, that was
2: freaking weird. I hey man, mushrooms are a hell of a drug. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like they were being taken because he he the, the the first guy that got his legs pinned is getting dragged away and the other scientist guy shoots him in the head before he gets taken like i'm doing you a favor here and then when he gets grabbed he's like reaching for the gun like i'm trying he's like he's trying to kill himself um it's almost like we would rather be dead than whatever the hell is going to happen to us once we get taken by these giant gooey tentacle creatures or whatever that we can't see like it's it's crazy but at least like jay said the third third trailer it gives you i think at least some impression of the kind of game it's going to be. Um, it's not totally surrealist. Um, I get the feeling that it'll probably be some stealth sort of thing because they were like, we can't even breathe around these things because they'll, they'll grab us, you know. Um, and that's the kind of game he's known for. So I, I imagine it's going to be a really trippy, really surreal, probably some stealth involved um, Hideo Kojima game. And he's he's a, he makes some really solid stuff. It's weird, but it's. It's good stuff, so I can't really... Like I said, I don't know what to expect, but I'm really eager to see what he comes up with because it, I trust it'll be interesting at the very least.
3: The weirdest part of that trailer, I think, was like, you go down Norman Regis' throat, right? And then yeah. the fucking baby's, like, looking up at you.
0: And gives a thumbs up.
3: It gives... <laughs> <laughs> it gives a
0: thumbs up. It's like, what the fuck? Well, it's um, – that's the, that's the other thing is that you, you said that you think the Mads Mikkelsen character is a bad guy in the second trailer. And I would agree with you when I saw that. Um, and in that trailer, he – the camera kind of pans in on him and he holds up his finger to his mouth and makes like the shh sound. And then he points to like send a little – army dudes out to go do whatever well in the third trailer when they're kind of sitting there and they look up and some guy in a raincoat comes floating down on top of like the flip bus or whatever he does that exact same motion where he goes Shh, and then points you know forward and then it all, it all hell breaks loose but you know they've got this weird connection between all of them and i can only imagine that this baby thing is I don't know. It's weird. It's crazy, but uh, it looks it looks interesting at the very least.
3: I just want to know where they are because it looks like they were in spacesuits or some some
2: something. I thought they were like hazmat suits almost because they didn't have have eyes. Oh, okay. Weird, man. I I, like. I got no idea. I assumed that like that character that floated down was Mads Mikkelsen.
0: It probably is.
2: But but,
0: he was trying to help them, so I was like, all right.
2: I, well, that's what I'm trying to figure. out. Like, man, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not even I'm not even going to try to figure this one. There's, out. There's nothing like, you can out. figure out. It's
0: it's it's so like ambiguous with everything. I'm like, whatever, you know. It just looks cool, you know. We'll, we'll go with that for now. I'm
2: imagining like showing that trailer to people. Uh, You know, t- like when I was like, let's say when I was Bates Bates age, you know, like fucking back when we didn't have cars and shit. Um, I think if you showed a trailer like that back when I was, you know, like 20 years ago, somebody would be getting a arrested and b brought up. You know, like they're they're, like, there'd be legal action against them. The game would never come out. Like, I guarantee you, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, you know, moral decency and like, nobody knows what it is. I mean, it's (laughs) like, who knows what this thing is?
0: yeah no it's, it, it's <laughs> yeah, i have no idea so yeah i was that was death stranding at the psx but uh a few more games i kind of want to go over real quick um so the one that i lost my collective shit over um was a trailer that it's weird it's literally 30 seconds like it is nothing it it basically it's black it fades in and it looks like there's like an arm bone almost um, with this like metal rod going through it wrapped in like bloody rope and kind of some mechanical bit on the end and it's kind of creaking and twisting and snapping and then in the background there's japanese calligraphy all over it and i'm like what the hell and then it it comes up and it says shadows die twice like okay and then boom from software i'm like oh holy shit like so From Software is the company that does Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and Bloodborne. And I'm a massive fan of all their games. I think they're some of the best games out there. Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. It's just a complete masterpiece. And so I'm like, okay, From Software, sover you buy it, I got to go look at it again. And I'm looking at kind of the style of this apparatus they're showing. I'm like, that's that's goddamn Bloodborne. Like that's the kind of stuff that you see in Bloodborne all the time. It's just that's what the weapons and the armor and stuff kind of has that feel to it. Um, and so I'm like, okay, that's it. You know, this is, this is going to be it. It's going to be Bloodborne two or something along that line. Um, so I, am I was extremely excited about this. I'm like, I will be very, very surprised if that is not the general line of, of thinking behind what that's meant to be. Um, hopefully we'll get something more tangible soon, but I, I guarantee you 99.9% that's Bloodborne 2 or something along that line. So I'm very, very hyped for that. We'll absolutely be playing that when it comes out. Like, I can't get enough of that stuff. Uh, and then one more thing that was probably of, of interesting note that we actually haven't touched on in a very long time because we haven't heard about it in a long time. So... Uh, the company Media Molecule, they're the company that made Little Big Planet, and they've been around for quite a while. I think Little Big Planet was actually a launch title for the PS3 back in the day, so it's been shit, 10, 10 plus years. Um, and they had a number of games come out Little Big Planet 2 and 3, um, Little Big Planet Karting, um, that sort of thing, and, and they did pretty well. And they announced several years ago a game called Dreams, which was this kind of weird, surrealist sort of thing, um, but they kind of implied that it'd say, hey, you can build these dreams that you can you know share with people um and that was kind of last we didn't hear about it for for several years well they finally gave us like a proper trailer with you know actual gameplay and kind of showing you how it works and i can really only describe it as it's basically little big planet again but instead of being a side scroll platform exclusive it's kind of more of a build an open world sort of deal um with a lot more control over the kinds of things you can make and build and animate and all sort of things it's kind of the thing where i can't even describe exactly what's going on there you best look at the trailer for yourself um but i think fans of the series will be very pleased with what they are showing off here i think this is probably what people had hoped little big planet 3 would have been uh my brother's a huge fan and he was a little disappointed with the third entry just felt it didn't go far enough for what he was looking for but uh this will Probably make people very very happy. It looks quite good. Um, it's a game I don't typically dive, put a lot of time into, but my brother will probably be all over it. So I'll be sure to kind of give that a wash and let you guys know when it comes out because I'm, I know he'll be picking it up. But uh, gameplay looks really interesting. Um, it's kind of a you know build levels, build experiences, and then you can share them with people online. And it's that sort of you know build, create, share. It's largely what I think Sony kind of built their most recent mantra around was that little big planet franchise and that. That mentality of content creation by the players. So, um, looks really good. You should check out the trailer. And a few other big ones uh, that I thought I'd mention Soul Calibur 6 uh, got an announcement trailer. Um,
2: they actually looked pretty good. They had about 10 minutes yeah. of gameplay footage.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a big fan of Soul Calibur series. I never played five, but I played three and four and enjoyed those yeah, quite I, a bit.
2: I like the first couple. I was actually, I was a big fan of those. Those were, um, you know, I remember those being a, a kind of a next a next big leap in the progression of fighting games. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, sort of that the step beyond Mortal Kombat sort of thing. And uh, I really, it really, I think it was, if I remember right, I think it was Virtual Fighter came out, which w- was really, really good. And then it, then eventually Soul Calibur down the road came out, but it uh, had an engaging storyline and some pretty unique characters. So I I remember, uh, I remember very fondly that, that sort of series, I lost track of it. For quite some time, I think this is the first offering they've had in a while. I think
0: it's been a while, yeah.
2: But that, yeah. It, it'll be it'll be pretty good. I mean, I even remember getting I think it was like a PS2 version of Soul Caliber that had like Darth Vader as like a Sony. Uh, yep.
0: yep, I had that one. That was that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up five because they took out my my favorite character play style out of five, so I never played Hold that up. one. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> uh, no, I like the uh, Zoslinel character with the scythe, and that wasn't in five, oh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was in three and four, and I loved it. And they took it out. I was like, God oh, damn it! So who knows? Fingers crossed. Maybe they'll they'll put something similar back in. But uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that one for, for I, Soul Calibur six.
2: I would, I would, I would be. You know, they still have the kind of the cartoony sort of. Uh, not Tekken, What I'm thinking, uh, Capcom style almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I would like to see them go more towards the you know the, kind of the Mortal Kombat slash Injustice series in ter- terms of their look. I would I'm, I would like to see them try an offering like that, at least in that style, because I think some of those characters would look really really cool like that. And, and by the way, hands you know total shout out to the to those folks. But like Injustice uh, and the last. Uh, yeah, the last Mortal Kombat outing. Those are some of the most well done character uh, character models I've ever seen in a game. You know, for you know, hands down, it'd be really cool to see some classic soul caliber, uh, you know, folks get that kind of treatment.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it'd be really cool to see. Um, and then, real quick, uh, Shadows of the Colossus remastered got some new gameplay footage. Um, Shadows of the Colossus is a really fairly old PS2 game, but Absolute cult classic. it was it was very well received. I'm looking forward to the remaster coming out. and this is not just like an hD remaster like it's a full remake um, from the ground mm-hmm. up and it looks it looks really, really good. Um, it's. Like the most depressing game you've ever played, um, but it's <laughs> it's it's quite good. It's basically go murder things for no reason and feel bad about it afterwards. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty solid. Um, and then the, the game that caught my eye was The Forest, and this is actually a game that I had seen on PC a while back, but apparently it's coming to PS4. Um, it's I will say it is a co-op zombie survival game, but these aren't your typical zombies. They're like some Lovecraftian mutated insane stuff of nightmares monsters um and you're in a forest uh trying to basically build defenses to stay alive as long as possible with a group of friends against these things that are really really scary when they come sprinting at you and pitch black through trees um the trailers are, are terrifying um, but this might be kind of a fun one to pick up i might look in to see if i can get a group of guys to to do a, a recording session of, of trying to deal with this game because it looks really scary. It'd be good for a dungeon crawl. But, but it is, so
2: it is uh, like a couch co-op kind of thing.
0: I think it's online co-op. Um, But uh,
2: yeah, so it's it's, you know,
0: it's it's flexible like that. But uh, yeah, you should go check out the the trailers. It's it's really creepy looking. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. And uh, Fortnite uh, really quick. They uh, have implemented a new game mode for their Battle Royale. And the Battle Royale is the currently free offering that they have. This is kind of the PUBG um, style game. Uh, that is currently free to everyone. You do not have to buy into the early access to get access to it, so you can go download Fortnite and play Battle Royale right now for free. Um, But they are adding until December 17th, so one week from today, a... I think it's still Battle Royale, but it's team-based, so I guess it's not Battle Royale, um, of 50 people versus 50. And apparently it's absolutely insane, not balanced at all, but they just kind of wanted to see what it would be like for you know future gameplay ideas. So if you want to try out a big 50v50 team deathmatch, um, go pick up Fortnite. So it is available right now, I think, until December
1: 17th. Just a random thing is i saw that i saw an article saying that eternal crusade may get a battle royale mode oh god like, it Begins. this it is begins. like this is the, this is clearly the newest thing like there was there was a season where everyone had to be overwatch and now everyone has to be you know PUBG. I guess well,
2: it, it is i mean it's a, it's a very very popular mode I and mean, it's pretty simple too and then at the end of the day you know player known basically distilled that into a you know, what sounds like a fairly simple idea they just distilled it into a really well executed model and that's what they hung their hat on and they, you know and everybody likes it i mean it's kind of hard to hard to deny the popularity of the game for what for what is still a very much a game in development you know i mean they're still iterating on it i mean that that was a your know, pubg originally was a, a fairly shoestring you know sort of offering um, but it's shit man it's working i <laughs> like every i mean how we did we did a story like 2 weeks ago right on people basically m- more or less p- copying pubg and all but saying it was pubg when it really wasn't
0: yeah no i mean it's well that was that was fortnite it was basically like uh yeah we wanted to give a pubg style game mode but do it for free <laughs> and pubg was not very happy about that <laughs> since uh Fortnite's made by Epic, Epic makes Unreal 4, and PUBG uses Unreal 4. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're using our engine, and we've kind of helped you use the engine, and we're going to build a direct competitor to your game and do it for free. so that's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's popular right now, and I'm sure you'll see lots of it. Just like everyone's got to have a MOBA, you know. Freaking Final Fantasy 14 has a PvP game mode that is a MOBA now, which is bizarre, really? but yeah, it's. I,
2: there. I didn't know that. I, I don't. I, you know honestly, we're gonna have to like we need to do like a a show one week where Pokey basically gives us like Final Fantasy one on one because. I don't have a you know that that's like you were busting Zell's chops about <laughs> about shit earlier like I know fuck and all about fa- Final Fantasy. The only thing I know about Final Fantasy was uh, that f- relatively like garbage like anime computer animated film with Alec Baldwin as one of the characters, like oh, the spirits yeah. within or whatever. We don't talk Which about it. Which looks looks absolutely nothing like any of the other Final Fantasy stuff I've ever seen. In fact, every Final Fantasy thing that I've ever seen doesn't look like any other Final Fantasy thing I've seen. So I have no idea what a Final Fantasy thing is.
0: Yeah, we we can do a weepcast some week. We can do that. It'll be fine. <laughs> 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 I can tell you that
3: it's not ever the final Final Fantasy.
0: It, it's it'll be the Final Fantasy until they stop making money on it, which isn't slowing down. So yeah. never, <laughs> never. All right, so let's move along here since we're going to kill a little pretty long on time for that topic. But uh, so Jay, Destiny Two, Curse of Osiris. Yes. So, uh, mm-hmm. have you beaten the story for it? I have. Um,
2: so my initial, I can give you kind of my my initial sure. overview of it. So it's it is about two and a half two and a half hours of uh, of story gameplay. You know, depending you can drag it out to three depending on how how you're going. But that's the campaign itself is is about two and a half hours. And then there's a series of adventures and quests uh, that they add you know specific to Mercury and what's going on on that planet. So you do get a new patrol space, which is 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 quite small. Uh, there's a procedurally uh, generated uh, location called the, uh, uh, the Infinite Forest. Forest. And, that's, and that's not really a patrol space. That's more of a that's how you get to wherever the missions are. You have to work your way through. So the long story short is the patrol space you go to is the actual physical part of Mercury. And then you enter Infinite Forest which is effectively the VEX matrix uh, to get to wherever the actual missions are generally are that you're doing. Um, so well, I, I'll break this up. I need to break this up into kind of two basic categories. One, there's the Curse of Osiris, like DLC itself, like the gameplay and add-ons itself. And then there's the updates to the game part, which I'll get to in a second. So the, the Curse of Osiris piece, you know, a, a relatively short campaign about, I think it's about like the, you know, like House of Wolves and, you know, things like that, you know, from, from uh, Destiny 1 not a lot in there but it's really well done i think the voice acting was exceptionally good the the story that they weave or at least the character the character building they do is really good it's 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 quite good um so long story short you got to find o, or you get him you have to help find osiris you find his ghost or really somebody finds his ghost gives it to icora then icora charges you with like let's track down osiris for a variety of reasons and you go through a series of adventures to activate the ghost, which is uh, Monica Backron I think I'm saying her name right, uh, and she does a really good job. In fact, it's you're like, man, I really wish I could get rid of fucking Nolan North. Uh,
0: <laughs> and she, in she fact, she's good.
2: She's really good. And in fact, you, know, I'm not sure who I would rather have as the ghost: failsafe or, or Sagira. Just for the record. <laughs> um, but then you, you go through this this. Uh, the scenario, scenario to kill this uh, very uh, powerful vex, and the boss fight in this was, I think, much more satisfying, more difficult, and uh, well, better done than the uh, than the gall boss fight, than the, the actual main story campaign uh, Red Legion boss fight. So overall, is really good, and, it, and this is also. The first time you actually had a, an NPC that was assisting you in a battle, uh, which I thought was really neat. I thought the way they did that was was pretty solid. And it really kind of makes you wish that they would be able to, that they would look at exploring that more specifically. Like you had some moments around the original campaign where you saw like Zavala, Kate and Ikora fighting, or you were coming up on the aftermath or as a cutscene, but you weren't fighting with them. Uh, There's a brief moment sort of in in the tower where like Zavala is shielding you basically, but it'd be really cool if they would explore some NPC help in certain ones of these and introduce some of these like really like kind of legendary characters or well-known characters in the, in the world. I don't know if this is maybe a first foray into that, but it has some real potential. The level design that you go through in Mercury is there's, it's like a past, present, and future versions of Mercury, all very different. Uh, the past version of Mercury is, I think, the most visually appealing, really well done. Uh, some of their missions are, are quite well designed, overall pretty good, uh, ton of exotics. Now, quite a few of them are kind of callbacks to Destiny 1, uh, but they do have some pretty unique ones. Uh, there's the Prometheus lens, which is the new trace rifle. It's a solar powered trace rifle, trace rifle or as my eight-year-old refers to it, the Bacon Maker, um, that thing, it, they've already, by the way, Bungie's already announced that they're, that they're, they're there's a hot fix coming out to patch that thing. <laughs> so the Baconator is basically a red laser beam of death that like, if you just wave it around generally, it will annihilate everything. Uh, so different from the cold heart, which does, uh, increasing damage over time. This one, I think the damage is more steady. Like I don't think it increases over time, but what it does is when it strikes something, it creates an AOE field around them of damage. So in in PvP, where your your HP is dramatically lower than anything in PvE, like you know, like a, a random yellow bar in PvE has like dramatically more HP than you do. These things are tuned to take those things out relatively well. So you can imagine how it's working in PvP. There's great videos right now of just like laser tag from hell going on. Uh, so. That was one. I like the idea of the Trace Rifle. It's. I think they're going to tone it down quite a bit, but they have some other neat ones. They, they've, like I said, they've brought back like Jade Rabbit, um, uh, the Aspect, things like that. But some of the ones that they that I think are really interesting, like specifically the Colony, is awesome. It's a grenade launcher, exotic grenade launcher. That that this is the part that this is why you want exotic weapons. It fires heat-seeking mini robots that chase you down and kill you. Awesome! It's so cool, it, and it's it's really really well done. Like it's exceptionally well done, and it's and it's pretty well balanced too. It takes about two hits to kill anybody in a in a, in PvP. Um, the animations for it are really neat, and it also has a cool perk where like when you stow the weapon and you switch to another one, it automatically reloads, which is bomber. I mean that's like really really cool. So I, I like that. Like this is a great example of what an exotic probably should be. Then they've got a new hand cannon called the Crimson, which is uh, like this year's Red Death. Really, really, really good. I haven't got my hands on it. Saw a couple of videos of it. You know, kills with it basically restore health and you get some melee power back. It's actually pretty bomber. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, pretty high on that one. Different armor is out there. A couple different armor pieces are really good. I think the visuals in Curse of Osiris are, Osiris are really good. The shaders are exceptionally good. You don't hear me like talking mad about shaders very often, but they're very unique, and they add a lot. Uh, that's it's pretty cool. Uh, so kind of moving over, so that being said, any questions about the actual story part of Curse of Osiris or anything like that?
0: No, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, I think the storytelling is always quite good. Um, just, it is when they tell there's, stories. There's never enough of it. Is the problem? But whatever they whatever they actually end up doing is usually pretty good. Um, I just wish that some of the cool stuff you read in like the lore books and stuff actually made it to the game. But you know, we've been over that.
2: Oh yeah. So uh, and there there are a ton. If you're a lore like I'm a big lore guy on these, and Destiny has an incredible amount of lore. If you like really deep lore, if you really want to get into it, uh, like said, we've talked about some of the videos that are out there. There's some pretty good ones. Um, that being said, kind of moving into the game update itself. So, the game does have a lot of things it needs to get worked on, generally, and I don't think that's that's a shock. Now, so there is a Bungie podcast that comes out probably about every other month. It's 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 episodic, um, and they they had it right before Osiris came out. It was Luke Smith, Mark Noseworthy, and another guy, basically the, the big the big three that run and design Destiny. And it, it was a, a pretty interesting conversation because they were very frank with the things that they, they thought weren't working well, which echoes a lot of the comments from the community. They are they were also like, look, Curse of Osiris was like well, 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 well into development when the game even shipped. So they're not making like global changes necessarily to address some things, but they they have Clearly said, hey, look, we we tried to calibrate the game for uh, inclusivity, and you know, three they have they they sort of bend people into three buckets, you know, players into the casual that plays a couple like you know a couple hours a week, you know, hangs out with their buddies here and here and there. Then they have a, a middle ground called like a collector, so you get on a little bit more often or more frequently, and it's sort of about like building your collection of stuff in the game, and you, you know, you're you're. A middle of the road player. Then you have the hobbyist, which where it's exactly that, like Destiny. Either socially or gameplay style, it, it becomes a hobby for you. Uh, and they said, "Hey, look, we we overcorrected from Destiny One too far to the you know to the to the shallow end of the pool in a lot of the systems that we built. Whereas we should, probably should have figured out how do we maintain the interest of the hobbyists. You, you're that's that really really." rock hard metal core of the game community that you got that stays with you forever and then help get entry points for all those other people to get into to make them hobbyists. So that was an interesting sort of con- conversation they had, but they did talk through a lot of different things. Uh, and several of the update there, there are, this is like the first in a series of things that they're doing to change the game to kind of get it to what they were describing. So one, uh, they they have updated all the ever stuff that's kind of by seasons. Uh, they have a lot more ornaments now that are actually earnable purely through gameplay, uh, for any number of things: Crucible, Trials of Osiris, Raids, uh, Iron Banner. There's all kinds of armor ornaments now. Uh, there's a lot more ornaments and exotic, uh, like uh, what you know, beauty items, so to speak. In terms of like the sparrow bikes, the ships, and stuff like that. There's a lot of those in the game now that they've that they've inputted. So that's all good. They've also changed the economy quite a bit, where legendary shards can be used as a fairly common currency to purchase things. You can actually buy legendary engrams now from the crypt arcs. Uh, they've changed the mod the mod economy. A little bit, I think it looks like they're setting the stages for bigger changes now later, where you can actually straight purchase some mods from uh, the gunsmith, which is great if you're trying to find those kinetic attack mods, which are incredibly hard to find. Mm-hmm. So that they, they are doing some things generally to set conditions for for further change, uh, which I think is is good overall. They did up the level cap to twenty five and the light levels is now three thirty. Um, I'm working my way up there on one of my characters, about 320 on one of them. Um, now, they also tuned quite a bit, which is your sort of standard balancing pass type stuff. You know, there's, quite, there's numerous things that got sort of uh, buffs or mod- modifications or changes, uh, things that you would normally expect, I mean, mostly like weapons and like exotic armor performance, things like that. Pulse grenades got nerfed a little, but here's the good thing. They didn't destroy them. They actually just toned them down a little bit. And then they ended up bringing up almost every other kind of grenade. So they sort of harmonized the damage, the more or less the damage tier across many of the grenade archetypes. Because they kind of fall into sort of archetypes. You know, there's like the bolt type grenades in which they, when you throw them, they like shoot like a, a bolt of, like bolts of lightning, bolts of fire, or bolts of void, right? So they harmonize the damage to those harmonize the pulse damage, the, you know, the AOE, uh, sticky bomb damage, that kind of stuff. So that was a good move. They nerfed like the Titan shoulder charge, which I'm not sure where, why they did that. I I wasn't never that big of a deal for me. I think it was apparently while you were in the air, you could, you could trigger that and it would give you, you know, a little bit more mobility and then they wanted to give a a Titan, I suspect. Um, but overall, I like I like most of the changes. there are a few bugs here and there that they've got to work out uh, in terms of you know access to some of the adventures, things like that. but uh overall, not too bad. is it worth 20 bucks? I'm not sure if you're a big destiny fan maybe, but I think the next by the time the next DLC comes out, which I assume is probably marchish, it's probably you're probably gonna see some fairly significant changes to the game probably in a good way. Uh, you can tell there's a little bit of like, you know, not, like hindsight was 2020 is like, you know, we, we, they left a lot of good things on the table when they, when they, when the last D1 Rise of Iron, that was the last version of Destiny 1. They left a lot of good things on the table for the changes they made into D2. And you could see them almost like walking some of that back to try to pull in some of those things they were doing in Destiny 1 that, that were frankly working well. So overall, Not bad. You got your standard, you know, whole bunch of new maps. Uh, You do have a lot of heroic events now, so they've to kind of cater to the larger light levels, so heroic adventures, heroic strikes, uh, things like that, some different Crucible styles. Uh, I like some of the new Crucible maps quite a bit. Uh, I think they're really, really good. Uh, So, overall, pretty solid update. Uh, I think it's a good iteration on Destiny, and it, it was a good foot forward in recognizing they have some things to work on in the game, which is still pretty damn good. Uh, you know, if you're a casual player, it's, it's probably an exceptional game. Their problem is they don't have enough for the hobbyist to do. They don't have enough for that middle and almost not enough for that middle ground guy to do either. So I think that's what they're driving towards is figuring out ways for generating activity. But overall, I, I think it was a solid update. Is it a little pricey for what you get? Yeah. Um, are there some, some cons to it? Yeah. There's a bug or two here that they're probably going to hot fix out in the next week is what it looks like based on the, the, the recent bungee post. Um, the one thing they did that I think was probably not well thought out and, and I can understand why they did it, but it doesn't mean it's any better for the players is when they increased the light level and they, in the, in the DLC drops, right. They had to, they, well, not had to, but, basically you can't get into the prestige activities like the higher end stuff in the raids, basically, uh, unless you have the new DLC. I'm not sure why. I don't know if that's because of rewards or things you're doing in there. I haven't played it yet, but that did isolate, you know, some players who don't have the DLC from the really high end content. Uh, that's normally not a good thing to do. Uh, we try to make that style, that in-game, that peak in-game content, agnostic of your DLCs a little bit, unless it's unique to that. Like, unless the raid was a Vex-based Mercury raid, I'd probably, you know, kind of, kind of watch doing that kind of stuff. Um, because right now the raid's still based on the Leviathan. It's just it's an updated, you know, style of uh, of Leviathan raid. So uh, overall, pretty solid, but it's got some bugs to work out. And I will take it with a grain of salt that they that they mean well and i'm i want to see what their next step is
0: yeah no i thought it was pretty good like you said the the price point is yeah probably not quite worth 20 bucks but most dlc i find is usually not quite worth the price you pay for you kind of have to take that with the assumption that i'm gonna get a little screwed on the the tail end of release but you know it, it is what it is at the end of the day did you you know Pay, pay twenty and and really only get fifteen maybe but it, it's five bucks you know I, I'm not too worried about it in the long run if I'm enjoying the gameplay overall so yeah no I I won't get too much into it but I think that overall it was a pretty good expansion I think Destiny is moving they're slowly getting to you know improving over and over it's just little baby steps in the way there but uh, overall pretty solid so that was the Curse of Osiris DLC. Um, I'm actually really keen to see what the topic of the next one is going to be, because that one actually interests me quite a bit more than, than this one did. But uh, it'll be good to see, so we'll be sure to cover that and uh, you know keep looking at that as we move forward. Um, I was going to actually do a review of the Monster Hunter World open beta, but we're a little long on time here, so I'm going to probably save that for next week. But uh, real short, it's really quite good. I'll give my, uh, my total thoughts on that later, but... Uh, yeah, the open beta was, was very solid. It, it probably has encouraged me to actually purchase the game when it comes out in January. So I'll I'll give my thoughts on that um, next week a little more in depth. And, and Livy will be here. She played it with me as well. And we'll kind of give our thoughts and uh, and feelings on that and, you know, maybe encourage you to get the game because it is really quite solid.
3: Is it uh, pre-order
0: worthy? Uh, <laughs> from what I can tell... Um, Yes, I think so. Um, but if there's no like special deal that I'm going to get on it, or special don't, content or whatever, I'm, I'm not too interested in pre-ordering. Don't
1: pre-order things, Bait We covered this already. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold
2: on. I, I just I, I acknowledge that you said that several times, and, and I know that you mean well, Zell. I I have two words for you, star citizen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. He pre-orders it every single time they update it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's not a pre-order. That's a (laughs) (laughs) pre-mortgage.
1: All right.
0: Your your job starts offering an RSI uh, account that you can, you know, set aside money tax-free to pay for the next Star Citizen update. Buy a plot of land. There you buy a plot of land. (laughs) Okay. um real quick i kind of want to give a kind of state of the union for dungeon crawl this is our youtube uh, let's play series that me and libby do um our final episode of our playthrough of prey is going to actually air tomorrow that's gonna be monday or sorry uh yeah monday the 11th uh and then probably we'll do kind of our recap discussion analysis um episode probably either this coming thursday or the following monday um it was really good good game uh had a good time doing it um Glad it's over because I've been editing it for 36 episodes, um, but it was really solid. So uh, Prey is almost done, and that should be available by the time this episode airs. Uh, also, Resident Evil 7, the DLC, the free DLC, Not a Hero, as well as the uh, End of Zoe DLC, which is part of the Season Pass, is dropping this Tuesday. Uh, we will be downloading and playing that and getting through as much as we can um, i'm not sure how much content there is so it might take us you know a week or two to get through it all but we'll probably push those episodes out next since resident evil is kind of an existing series we have and this will be just the continuation of that so um once Prey is done you'll start seeing probably a few episodes of resident evil and then we will be going on to the next game which we've been playing like a bunch of addicts which is near automata the game just keeps getting better and better the more we play it we've been like I've completely abandoned um, Amnesia and Alien Isolation because we just can't get enough of this game. It's really, really solid. We got through the first ending. We're working in
2: the second one now. I'm clearly going to have to play this game now. You've talked mad shit about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, like I said, these games are not for everyone, so you might want to kind of check out some of what we've, what we've done so far. But uh, it's, yeah, like I said, we got through the first ending. Um, working in the second one now. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's currently mostly the same gameplay as the first uh playthrough but it's from a different character's perspective which is actually shining a very interesting light on a lot of things based off of what you can do with this character that you couldn't do with the other um so it's just fascinating storytelling i'm i'm very excited to see where they take it with the cde whatever endings how many there are um but uh it's it's really good so that'll be the next one we're airing um and then we'll probably once we kind of get a little more satisfied with this we'll pick up amnesia and alien again and start kind of weaving those in with our, our release schedule so um so expect prey to end in the next week here Uh, we've got Automata, which is going to be the primary one, but we'll be finishing up Resident Evil with new DLC before we hop on that one. So that's kind of what you can kind of expect coming out of Dungeon Crawl, uh, in the next coming months. It's, it's good stuff. So we're looking forward to it uh so for our thing we kind of do every month between me and bait and we've been really bad about playing the games and reviewing them because um either we've been sick or reviewed other things but we are going to cover real quick uh kind of the lineup for the premium service for both ps4 and xbox so um for the month of december for playstation plus if you are a member you can get these games for free and get darksiders 2 the ultimate edition for ps4 or you can get kung fu panda for ps4 uh, Forma 8 is available on PS Vita and PS4. That's a cross by title, so it's available on both when you pick up uh, that. There's the Wanted Corp, which is for PS Vita, um, Siberia Collection, which is for PS3, and X-Blaze Lost Memories for PS3. And so those, that's what's available for the entire month of December, um, start to finish. Um, They don't do the weird Xbox half-month thing. Um, But uh, yeah, so if you want to pick those up, we're going to try to play through a couple of those if we don't have other stuff to review um, for the next four weeks. But uh, Bates, want to go through the Xbox stuff for us real quick?
3: Yeah, so for the entire month of December um, for the Xbox One, you're going to get uh, Warhammer End Times Vermintide, um, which I put it up last night and realized that it was not a single-player game. So, I, um, I pestered a couple of friends of mine uh, to download and I think we're going to play as soon as the podcast is over. Um, so, I'll talk about that next week if I'm on. Um, for the second half of December into the first half of January, you're going to get um, Back to the Future, the game, 30th Anniversary Edition. Uh, this is a, uh, a redux of, um, of the Telltale game that came out a little while ago. Um, So it should have updated graphics and this, that, and the other. And I'll probably play it just because I I enjoy Telltale's games um, for the most part. So I will be picking that up. Um, Child of Eden is going to be available on the 360 uh, backwards compatibility program for the first half of December. You've got five days left as of this recording to pick that up. And then for the second half of the month. Uh, starting on the 16th, um, you'll be able to get uh, Marlo Briggs and the Mask of Death.
0: Alright, sounds good. And, uh, Zell, looks like you had something here at the last second. Uh, freebie game for PC players? Yeah,
1: so this is uh, this is not just for the month. Um, but uh, So, uh, you can get Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag uh, for free on Uplay, which is Ubisoft's own little proprietary uh, game download library platform uh, between December 12th and December 18th, so, um, yeah, you know, as long as you pick it up and add it to your account, uh, you can play it forever whenever you want, so, you know. And you should do that. I I've heard very, very good things. I actually had it on my Steam wishlist, um, and I, I'm definitely gonna grab this since it's free. Um, don't know when I'll get to playing it, but, yeah. It's okay, as long as you have it. I will collect it, Yes. But it won't show in your Steam library if you get something on Uplay.
2: That's
1: that's the one sad part. Just take it off your Steam wishlist. You'll be fine.
0: All right. Well, I think we're good here. Um, so we're going to go into shout-outs real quick since we are going quite long on time here. Uh, so my shout-out for this week is going to be to Bungie for having the foresight to make the uh, Prometheus Lens be sellable. This is the gun that Jay was talking about that's absolutely obliterating people in PvP. Like they came out and said get a gun. Sets you on fire. It it literally sets you on fire. Um, And it's not even like it's it's unbalanced. Like they're like, it's bugged, it's doing like twice as much damage as it should, so we're gonna fix it. Um, but they at least thought, like, well, we don't want to completely ruin Crucible this week, so we're just going to give everyone the option to just buy this thing. Uh, so I did, and I went into Crucible, and it was like literally four dudes versus four dudes, and we all had it, and it was everyone's dying in like a third of a second, you know, just complete carnage totally stupid, but at least it made I, I would not have wanted to touch crucible this week if it wasn't for having that gun because you you can't compete without it right now it's it's so broken but uh, so props to them for like thinking hmm we should probably just give that to everyone so at least it's bearable to do our PvP game mode because otherwise it would be unplayable so
2: I, I hope that that was a design. I, I, I'm I'm going to give them benefit of doubt and say that was a design move. That once they were like somebody figured out when they ship, they were like, oh, holy shit, this thing's like doing a maze balls atomic level Godzilla damage, and then they're like, all right, just give it to Zer. everybody. Everybody can buy it.
0: Right. I right. hope.
2: I hope that that was. That that was a planned move. The only thing I I, I actually assumed initially, because I saw Zer had it before I like I actually had pulled it like one of my early exotics. But I was like, oh, that just happens to be the exotic that you know that, that Zer was having. I figured they were gonna have the Osiris exotics in the heavy rotation, right? I thought it was because they were trying to give everybody a shot at a trace rifle because the Cold Heart was a PS4 exclusive. So. Uh, but I guess that that may not have been the case. But it I can could, tell you they could that fucking off the hook.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if I don't think you'll hear this before Tuesday, but because they're going to fix it on Tuesday, but going to Crucible with that thing, it's like what the fuck,
2: you know? It's, there's actually there's actually a pretty big patch coming in on on the on the 12th. I mean, it was a pre like so a large part of the updates they were having coming out for Osiris, like the game like game updates, not the the DLC part. Like only some of them, like. Most everything I talked about, that's what actually hit on the fifth. But there's another bank of things coming out on the 12th. This is it's probably one of them. It's somewhere in between an update and a hot fix. It's a it's a hisot fix, if you will.
0: Awesome. All right, Zell, what's your shout-out?
1: Um, I'm just giving a quick shout-out to something I think is hilarious, which is that uh Nintendo has a Super Mario serial now, which is of course a branded uh, partnership with Kellogg's. And uh, the box, the cereal box, is an amiibo. They put an amiibo chip on the on the box, so you can scan That's... scan your cereal box for a bonus in Super Mario Odyssey. That's so awesome! That's so cool. I love Nintendo, man. Where can you the cereal from? The store bait, where you get other cereal. That's... Oh, is it
3: is it like a? It's not okay. Okay.
1: It's by Kellogg. It's produced by Kellogg. So assume you can get it anywhere you can exclusive? get any other Kellogg oh, cereal. Shit, well, I mean. Now, bear in mind, it has an amiibo in it, and if you know anything about any amiibos, it's that they get, like, ripped off store shelves within five seconds of being released. So, it may be a challenge to get this cereal. That's okay. But it's in stores.
3: Dude, that's a challenge I'm willing to win, and I don't even own a fucking Mario Switch thing. Just doing it for the amiibo. Anyway, my shadow. is Florida on the 10th of December, and it's 41 degrees. Fuck the cold. That is my shadow.
0: You live in the tropics for a reason, right? Exactly. Okay, and Jay, you're up, man.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd like to uh to give a shout out to uh, Hans Gruber because uh, it ain't Christmas till he falls off Nakatomi Tower, uh, and that's uh that's my holiday. That is my favorite holiday movie of all time. It's not the Grinch stole Christmas, you know. It's not, you know, it, you know. Any of those? Other, any? It's not Ralphie. It's not any of those guys. It's uh, it's Hans Gruber falling off Nakatomi Tower, and uh, we're, I'm about a week out from my yearly scheduled viewing of Die Hard. Uh, Jay, so I, invi- I invite all of you to watch that movie in, in homage to uh, to how a true Christmas in, in America is, and that's capital America.
1: Jay, did you buy the book? Which one? Uh, Die Hard? A Die Hard Christmas, the illustrated holiday classic.
2: Uh, I I have seen it before, but I've not bought it. It just came out like a couple months ago. Uh, I've seen I've seen a. Uh, are you sh- I This I, one's I, new. I I'll, show, I'll I'll
1: send. I'll send you a link.
2: There's a there's a there was a it wasn't a book. It was like a almost like a, a comic. It might have been an internet comic, meme or something. But I've seen it before, where they turned Die Hard into like a no shit like Christmas story.
1: This is this is an actual printed book, and you can buy it. And I recommend it. I'm putting it, it in the. Sh- what, I'm, is it, it the cartoon version, or
2: is it like a book just, book?
1: It's it's a a kids book, like a kids okay. Christmas book. Not recommended for kids. Um, I, I it will be in the show notes because it's excellent. Um, and that's cool. that's it. I'm adding to your shout out right there with mine.
2: Okay, I'm done.
0: All right, guys, sounds good. So, you know, thanks for joining us. So, yeah, again, apologies. We kind of went long on this one, but, uh, you know, we miss them every once in a while. So uh, be sure to catch us next week. Be sure to check out our Dungeon Crawl series over on YouTube. You can find links to it uh, on our website, biomass.net or biomass.com. It's where everything is. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. So we'll see you then.